Hello and welcome to the Coffee with Your Therapist podcast. The podcast where we talk with people in the therapy field about their careers, their work and the music they like all in 20 minutes. This episode we talk to Neve Hannan, therapist and coach who focuses on helping women to excel in leadership. Neve has previous extensive experiences as a therapist with men, women and teenagers but now focuses on coaching women in particular. She provides both individual coaching, but she also puts together groups of women to work together. Neve talks through how she develops a safe environment which promotes openness and mutual support. We finish up with Neve talking about her family, how she relaxes, and her favorite music from a particular decade, which I think everyone will like. I'm delighted to have Neve as a guest, and you can hear the insights and skills that make her an award winner and leader in the field. Enjoy. The podcast is sponsored by MindGuard. We are bringing artificial intelligence technology and mobile app data to help therapists and their clients to reach better outcomes in a faster, more insightful, secure and trusted process. MindGuard.com for more information. Yeah, so how how do you turn from a counselor to a coach? Anyway, it seems to be like um, coaching is a lot more nebulous and difficult for people to get their head around, whereas counseling is you know maybe clearer more personal i don't know what maybe that would be fair comment yeah um, i mean look it, it can be there are a lot of gray lines between counseling and coaching um counseling tends to be more probably the easiest way to explain it is where clients come in they're coming in in a different place so when i was counseling as i was for 20 years um People come in maybe in a more minus place. So often with mental health struggles, whether that's, you know, and and I wouldn't label things, but, you know, struggling with, you know, anxious feelings or depressed feelings or stress or relationship issues. And there can be more of maybe a a focus on the past and healing past traumas and working through things. Um, and very depending on the type of therapy that you work with, um, you know, sometimes it can be more about reduction of symptoms and helping the person just to get back to normal so that they can go off and live their life. Um, coaching, however, people tend to come in at that kind of place and and they want to go up into the plus. So okay. starting from a different place Um it's it's not past focus. It's much more about okay, what is it that you want to focus on? It's more structured in the sense that you know, well, CBT therapy is very structured, but other than that, generally, it, it counseling can be quite unstructured and more free flow. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas coaching is more about okay, what is it that we want to focus on today? You know, what is your goal for? our work together and for then honing it down to our goal for today. Where do you want to get to? How will you know you've, you've got there? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you need to be making progress all the time. So it's, it's more measurable in that sense that you're, because you're making progress. Whereas counseling, sometimes you might have to go back before you can begin to come forward. Right. Um, right. So let me just say, just say at the moment that, so I'm talking to Eve Hannon and you, you can hear she's both a psychologist and a coach and she's, she seems to know a little bit about both. Uh, so welcome, Neve, to the podcast. Uh, you're award-winning. You're, um, you focus on women in particular, and we'll get to that in a minute. 
but yeah, so that was really interesting. I never really, I never really thought of that sort of dichotomy uh, in the sense that uh, uh, therapy would be more related to the past and coaching is maybe more aspirational. Is that, is that fair? It um, it can be more like it certainly works in the present and there are goals for that future orientation as well. So it's really about making progress when you're in therapy. There may be work to do where you have to kind of go deep and mm-hmm. may not feel like you're making progress because it may be you may be having to open up the can of worms and really go in there for a while first. And, and so it can feel quite it can feel like you're in deep water before it feels like you can even see the other shore. And sometimes that's absolutely necessary to do that work in order for the healing to happen um, so that you can come to a a new shore, if we use that metaphor. Mm -hmm. Um, Coaching. Yeah. Coaching is, is more, you know, okay. What shore are you heading for? Can you see it? What would it look like? Um, are you going in the right direction? What tools do you need to get there? Um, so it's it, it can be more focused and more progress oriented. That's okay. my that's that would be my explanation of it and my experience. Yeah, well, no, that's that's really interesting. And you empower and coach women in particular. I'm sure I'm sure you you've experienced them um, with both sexes, shall we say? Yeah. But um, is there? Do you find women are, are you being a woman? Is it easier to coach women? Or would that be a totally sexist thing to say? Or I, I would be interested to see what you think of the dynamic that makes it you good at this. Um, yeah, I mean, for when I, as a counsellor, I worked with men and women, and I actually worked with adolescents as well. Um, but in probably, I still would have always had more women coming to me, or more females, even even with young people. Um, but I did have quite a quite a mix. It's really only in the last few years that I've niched down as a coach. Now I don't offer counselling anymore. Um, so as a coach, I work primarily with women in leadership. Um, I love working with women. I work both one-to-one and in groups. And and my reason, particularly in the groups, um, Pat, is that I suppose when I'm working with a set, a group of, of, of women in leadership, they face a particular set of challenges that men don't in the workplace. Um, Can you say what they are, Neve, just to... Yeah, absolutely. So... um, so there are some of the more obvious ones around, you know, depending on, on the circumstances, but often women are juggling childcare. And we know through COVID, for example, that women were um, unequally impacted uh, in their work through COVID. It was more women who gave up their time to look after the kids at home who maybe have to give up, had to give up their job or put their job on hold through maternity. Often women struggle with that where they're at. Maybe they've put in the years enough to that they should be going up the ladder. And now they almost have to kind of put the brakes on again as the primary caregiver. And um, even if we take that kind of those typical kind of family situations out of it, women still face um, prejudice, bias, unconscious often in the workplace where the, um, others are promoted ahead or and we know that women aren't even paid equally, you know, so mm-hmm. for doing the same job. So there are lots of different circumstances. Also, even in 
you know, if a if a woman is assertive, she can be called bossy or aggressive. Um, whereas the man is just having saying his two cents worth. So there, there's different treatment often. Mm-hmm. Um, even I was speaking to somebody, a, a lady the other day, and I work with a lot of very professional, very accomplished women who, you know, have put put in the years and like, you know, very experienced um and still they might find that they have to do twice the amount of work or work twice as hard to prove themselves to get the same kind of recognition as a man doing half the amount. Of right, right, right. Um, so that's still not everywhere, but it's still prevalent. Um, right. And, and, and the other thing that I would find that I'd say is that often I meet a lot of women who, like I was saying, are really highly professional, accomplished women, you know, that you might kind of like, oh, my God, I'm, t- I'm talking to a top class mm-hmm. listener or whatever here. Um, and yet inside, they're still quaking in the boots and lacking a confidence. Um, and, and that there seems to be something particularly female in that, too. I'm not saying that men don't ever suffer from lack of confidence. Of course they do. Um, but it, there's something, in, you know, there's a power in the group and the group come together as yeah. No, sorry, that's what I wanted to ask you about. So you have this idea of core connection circle, right? Yeah. And is I think you were just getting into it there when I asked you about just to set it up a bit better if for the psychology behind it. Is is it both you and the other people, the peers of the, the in the group who are supporting each other? Is that what you try to achieve? So when I create, when I form a group, and I'm I have. Um, a new program starting, as you just mentioned, the Core Connection Circle. Um, so I that's open at the minute and I'm putting together a group. And my first job always when a group comes together is to create safety, to create that psychological safety. Um, and that is something that I feel that I do really well. Um, and so once that safety has been established, you know, and there's boundaries around that and there's structures and we talk about that and what people need even to feel safe in that group. That allows people to begin to allow themselves to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And when you allow yourself to be vulnerable, that's really when the transformative work can happen. And that's what I'm about. I like to go under the hood into the who, uh, who you are as a person first and foremost, and then how that impacts on you in your leadership and with other people um, and with your families and friends and, and in every area of life. So, yeah, the, the, that safety is paramount, really, and the vulnerability piece. And what I find having a group of women is that there's once we create that safety, they allow themselves to be vulnerable. It's perhaps easier for women to allow themselves to be vulnerable. It's perhaps more socially acceptable right. typically for women to allow themselves to be vulnerable. Um, and that can happen quite quite quickly once that safety is established. Right. So and so by safety, you mean uh, being willing to uh, admit fault, admit your feelings um i presume obviously without judgment from the rest of the group absolutely and, well, i can see really see your deep, in that. yeah i can see your 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 psychological skills will be very key to that i mean how do you do that i mean is it will every group gel or does it sometimes you have to go like this probably isn't for you or is there some sort of set of matching uh, do you think or um that depends on on the person putting together the group. Um, so for me, um, 
my sense, I suppose, is that, you know, I meet with people individually first and um, for anybody to start coaching, whether that's one to one or in the group, they need to be ready, willing and able. Um, and and so there's an element of me maybe judging that in that meeting with somebody. But there's also the element of them, you know, through meeting me and through getting a feel for what it's about, self-selecting too. Right. Um once we get into the group, currently, like if I'm working, let me say outside of organizations, so it's B2C. So you have people coming from a variety of different backgrounds and that, believe it or not, actually improves the safety because these are not people who are bumping into each other on the street or on the on the corridor in the office. Yeah, um, yeah. So it, it can increase safety. So it doesn't necessarily happen that everybody's going to gel straight away. Um, there's there's often maybe somebody who thinks that this person talks too much or, you know, and that's, again, that's up to the facilitator to manage. That's mm -hmm. my job is to manage that, to make sure that everybody feels like they get fair attention and, and uh, fair support in that and that it's not you know these are not allowing somebody to take over necessarily um so there's a lot of group dynamic stuff there too um but i mm -hmm. find that it works really well and even when people are maybe a little bit scared of the idea of working in a group yeah. and it's not a therapy group um what actually they they benefit hugely because they're getting me but they're also getting to see that, oh gosh, there's this woman who I would have put up on a pedestal and actually she struggles too. Wow. Maybe I'm okay. Maybe I'm not yeah. so as bad as I thought. Yeah, yeah. It helps people to build confidence and it helps them to stay accountable with each other as well to their own goals and progress. Okay. No, that's really interesting. I mean, I, I was writing there, just thinking before we came on, uh, what constitutes... Um, you know, we're in the context of an organization or self, you know, achieving your goals. There's things like experience, academic qualifications, environment, team. And I'm guessing personality is probably a key thing. Well, from your point of view, you know, if someone goes into your program and comes out better, more empowered, what do you think changed in them? Why would it, in your general comment, why do you think the program works and what makes a difference to that one? It's the inner game. That's my focus. It's really about, you know, mindset, belief systems, attitudes, really getting the mind into the right place. Now, I would also focus on um, well-being and, and self-care as well, because you have to be And the research would show that, you know, when you're in a good place, everything comes from that place. Things just tend to go easier, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, and the good stuff happens. So. I always emphasize well-being and self-care, but that building of resilience. But the, at, at its core, really what I'm about is working from the inside out, building that self-awareness, helping a person to, you know, again, get to the core of who you are, um, your strengths, your values, um, 
getting to know you in a way that often people have shied away from or have never been facilitated to do. Um, so building that relationship with self, growing that self-confidence, that self-love, acceptance, um, so that you're starting from a much more solid foundation than when you start to move outwards into the world and then start to look at the interpersonal. And we also work on, on that, on interpersonal communications and, for example, relationship building. Um, so there's the whole gamut really of the emotional intelligence uh, spectrum you know there's mm. a lot within that um and so i i don't necessarily go in with like right you need to know this this and this and i'm going to teach you it, it's more and particularly for this one because i I'm constantly evolving and my work constantly evolves because I learn from everybody that I work with too. And I would always be training myself in, you know, continuing professional development. Um, and so this particular, the core circle will be really creating a circle of women and I will meet with them one-to-one uh, each quarter. And then from those one-to-one sessions, I will glean information as to where people are at, what they need and design the group day accordingly. So there's a, a full in a full day in person per quarter. And the content of that will be about meeting the needs of yeah. the group. Yeah, and no, I was looking at the structure, but I thought it was quite clever because it's a combination of individual and group. And it's a cadence that a you know a, a useful I use the word useful in this context, you know, an effective um, outcome. But no, that's pretty amazing. In fact, I was thinking I'd love to join. But, uh, um, and, you know, so that you must be, you know, you can definitely see the psychological insight you bring to this, which I find really interesting. A lot of coaches I've talked to focus on present performance and outcomes you know set goals but you obviously go a lot deeper and you make the group work with the individual which i think is really probably the best way to do it um but yeah okay so you're quite an achiever yourself you know what do you do for relaxation in your spare time and it's yeah, a good I mean, question. I'm I'm a mum too, so that's another full time job. <laughs> <laughs> um, although they're at a, an easier age at the minute. Um, so yeah, my daughter's thirteen. She just started secondary school this week, and uh, my son is eleven, gone into fifth class. Um, and we have a wee dog. So I love my time in the mornings. Um, I try and get out for a walk along. I live in Greystones. I live very close to the seafront. Love going by the sea for a walk with the dog in the mornings. And I don't bring my phone. That to me is like just being present, really, and, and enjoying even the company. Like the dog is happy running around. He looks like he's smiling <laughs> and it makes me smile. Um, so things like that. During the summer, I, I do sea kay kayaking. That has finished up well, last week. Um, yeah, really enjoy that. Um and so now for the winter, I have to get back into a, a new regime. So I'll be doing maybe Pilates and, and, and some gym. Um, the constant, you know, effort to... <laughs> oh, sure, I know. I know get you. fit, stay fit, keep fit. Yeah, I thought you were describing me there when you were talking through all that. But anyway. Um, yeah, <laughs> but so I, I, I also... for What's really important for me also and keeps me sane, and certainly through lockdown it was really important, is... Uh, some core friends, girlfriends that I would meet for, you know, whether it's a, going for a walk or going for a coffee or now that we can maybe going for a meal. Um, 
I, I find that hugely important to me, my whole family benefit, I think, by me having those that girlfriend mm. as well. Mm. Can I ask you a question? Though? So um, I'm of a certain age, shall we say, um, and I make an attempt to make new friends. What I mean is that it's very easy for you to rely on your old friends. Mm. Um, but, I, you know, do you think people are find it easier to make friends as they get older or what's or maybe this is just you because I sense a great empathy in how you approach things I think it's very different for different people it's like you know I mean and we can almost separate it out between maybe introverts and extroverts extroverts are kind of out there socially being the butterfly you know meeting new people introverts are going to find it a little bit more effort to mm -hmm. meet new people and to even push themselves out there um and and introverts don't need as many friends either they are they're quite happy with their you know their handful of, of good friends um and maybe that's all that's needed so i think the other thing is though you know often as we get older our lives nearly narrow down and we're meeting less people we're doing less new things we're less adventurous and and so we're reliant then on you know on the few people around so it can be even more difficult maybe you know as we get older like you know in the 30s maybe of course you're you know in college years you're meeting new people all the time you maybe traveling and new jobs in the in the 30s then you might have kids and you're meeting people at the school gates <laughs> your 40s or your 50s and upwards that kind of starts to close down and narrow down so my sense is if you're following your interests and if you're building up some interests and hobbies mm. and taking part in things you then it's easier because you're meeting like-minded people who have to share your interests okay okay um how can people contact you Neve? Uh, my website is nevehannon.com. Um, now, my name, Hannon, H-A-N-N-A-N, uh, that's that's a common mistake. Um, people can email me, neve at nevehannon.com. I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Facebook, and I'm on Instagram. So I should be easy enough to find out there. Okay, okay. Well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm very impressed with you. Yeah, I can see you, you've got a lot of insight into this space. Um and in this podcast, you get to nominate the playout song. So I hope you have something in mind. I generally don't ask the guests till they are actually in the in the hot seat. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I struggled with this one because you know, <laughs> I have a very eclectic music taste, <laughs> <but> a very <laughs> big range. It's hard um, when it has to come to one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so which one am I going to pick now? I had it narrowed down to three. No, you can um, name them, but nominate one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So. Primal Scream moving on up was one oh, yeah. um, and got to see Primal Scream recently. So they were they were. I would love to see them. I've, I mean, I love them. Uh, loaded. Uh, obviously, yeah. it's a huge. That was yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, so moving on up was one of them. Um, Massive Attack, Unfinished Sympathy. I love oh, that. Was, You've uh, been looking at my record collection. <laughs> <laughs> and then this one might be surprise you. Sisters of Mercy by Leonard Cohen. Always okay. loved Leonard Cohen. Uh, since I was sixteen, it was quite quite young to start listening to the likes of Leonard Cohen. But well, uh, loved his music. But I see, a, I see a nineties uh, dance vibe now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so which one? Which one are we going to listen? Let's to? go with Primal Scream. Okay, a, on a, a good one, a positive one. Yeah.
Good to okay, Neve, thanks. It's been brilliant. I really enjoyed it. My absolute pleasure. Thank you.